When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Big moves, big news in the precious metals markets just in the last 36 hours that I wanna discuss in this video today. It's also prompted the title of this video, all-time inflation adjusted low for silver. Why has this downward pressure been in place for so long now? And when will it end? I wanna have a discussion about all of that in this video today. Uh, But before I get to that, I wanna share with you a bit of data from YouTube. YouTube shares a ton of data with me about my viewers' um, preferences, you know, how long do they watch my videos, uh, what state or country they're from, et cetera, et cetera. Um, One of the pieces of data that they share with me is how much of my watch time is accumulated from subscribers versus people that are not subscribed. And, you know, in the last 30 days, anywhere from 70 to 80% of my watch time comes from viewers that are not subscribed. So, You guys know who you are. Maybe you just don't have a YouTube account. Okay, sure. But if you do and you are not subscribed, rather than asking you to subscribe at the very beginning of the video before you have any idea idea about what I'm going to say, instead, I'd ask this of you. You don't have to do it, but comment right now, five minutes from now at the end of the video, comment down below why you're choosing not to subscribe. And if you can't think of a good reason not to subscribe, consider subscribing or better yet if you can think of a reason to subscribe you know go over my channel i have a a a ton of videos i'm I'm putting them out you know at least one a day on a myriad of topics you know if you can think of some sort of reason some sort of information that you can glean from my videos uh some some sort of value you can gain from my videos consider hitting that subscribe button so that's all i have to say about that um getting to the main topic of this video uh silver and gold hammered down once again just in the last 36 hours and and you know i'm i'm not feeling the pain from this like so many people have said when it comes to silver or gold you know you haven't taken a loss in your metals until you sell and and these types of moves i see as if nothing else buying opportunities um gold under 1200 dollars uh for the first time in well a long time this is the lowest it's been since uh, i think january of 2017 and silver you know, as I speak, is, is just above $15 right now, right around $15.05, just shy of that. And uh, but, but, you know, yesterday, and, and I think maybe overnight some as well, it actually traded under $15 there for a bit. So a big, you know, key psychological uh, support level that it traded, you know, it broke through that support. That's the lowest silver has been since something like the spring of 2016. And, you know, I'll get it out of the way right now that the title of this video, I do believe that right now silver, where it is, or, or, you know, technically the low that it was at yesterday when it's below $15, is the all-time inflation-adjusted low for the price of silver. I do. I do believe that to be the case. Now, Granted, I'm not using the official inflation numbers from the government since the low in 2015. And, and by the way, I should say, when I say all-time low, I'm saying as far as we're concerned, maybe in the last, you know, within our lifetime, I'm not concerned about numbers 300 years ago or 5,000, you know, especially when you're comparing um, dollars to to 
I don't know, a different currency back in the day or or certainly when, when silver was was at some sort of a peg or controlled at some level or no. But but within our lifetime, certainly in a post-World War II period, I consider this to be the all-time low. And I'm using the data from um, from shadow stats, John Williams's shadow stats. Now, their their data has, you know, at the beginning of 2015, inflation kind of bottoming out and kind of staying low at around 0%. This is the official numbers, of course. And then rising up to where they're at today, right around you know, maybe just shy of 3%. Now, the numbers that he comes up with using um, methodology that they use in the past to calculate inflation, but then they changed it to, well, I think under state inflation, um, is actually you know above 3% back in 2015, beginning of 2015. And it's been rising since then, and today sits above 6% you know, coming up on 7% inflation here. So if you use those numbers, you know, if, if you use the government numbers, I don't know what the exact number is. It, you know, the inflation adjusted price of, of the low in 2015, 2016 might've been, um, I don't know, $14.40 or something like that, below what it is right now. But if you use these numbers from, from John Williams, which I think are more accurate, I'm, I'm very distrustful of, of, of government numbers if, if you didn't quite get that. Um, if you use those numbers, it's, you know, above what what the price is at right now this is a huge buying opportunity guys i do believe that this is the all-time inflation adjusted low for silver um that even goes back to to you know the the early 2000s when it was pretty low back then Um, we've had a lot of inflation since then right again if you if you're using his numbers you know through the early 2000s inflation for the most part um stayed between you know three and and seven percent Right, which is much much higher than some of these these official uh, government numbers. Now, I can't necessarily say the same for gold. Um, gold is is not necessarily in a bubble. I don't think. I, I think both silver and gold continue to be extremely undervalued. It's just that silver is much much more undervalued. And and you know, if there was one thing surrounding silver and gold that isn't a bubble, well, y- you guys probably know what I'm going to say here. The gold to silver ratio. I mean, the gold to silver ratio continues to be. Um, extremely high, you know, as I speak right now, just shy of 80 to one. Uh, you know, it, it was heading down there for a while, right? And it, it uh, I don't know, came maybe into the 78 range, but it's back up again. Um, you know, back in, in, in June or something like that, it was actually, I think, in the 77 range there for a while. And But um, it, it's it's back up again. Um, and, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what, guys what to buy. Some people just say, you know, they like gold or they believe in gold more than silver. But, but me personally, looking at that gold to silver ratio, plus just how inexpensive silver is right now, just above $15 an ounce, uh, silver just makes so much more sense to me. So um, I guess... That's that's why I see silver as being at the all-time inflation-adjusted low, and why it presents such a value in today's age. Now, getting into to why silver and gold have uh, been dropping, and you know the name of the game for the for the last couple months now, honestly, for the last certainly the last month or two, has been a, a very tight correlation, especially gold, a very tight correlation with the Chinese yuan to dollar exchange ratio. So basically, as the yuan has been weakened versus the the US dollar, uh, well, gold and silver have followed it down. In yuan terms, gold is in a very tight range. Now, do I think that the, the Chinese government or the People's Bank of China or something 
that they've created some sort of a peg, that they've pegged gold or yuan to gold or something like that? Um, no. You know, if we're in the same boat maybe a, a year from now, right, with, with very little range for, for gold in, in yuan terms, um, that's a different conversation. But but for the time being, I see this nothing more as, as kind of a fabricated market uh, correlation. This has happened in the past. Um, not necessarily, I'm sure it's happened with Yuan. If we, if we looked at specific years, months, where, where this type of correlation happened, we could find it. I, I know certainly if you looked at something like the yen or, or the euro or something like that, there were periods of time where they were in a very tight correlation. That correlation broke. Okay. Right now, it just happens to be the Yuan. And, and you know, there is, I think, a little bit more to it than just that because, you know, obviously the yuan and the dollar have been in a bit of a battle. There's been a significant devaluation of the yuan um, thus far in, in 2018. And, of course, the elephant in the room, the, the U.S.-Chinese trade war. So maybe there's a little bit more to the, it than just saying that this is just a random correlation that traders decided to, to think up. But I also am, am not sold on the idea that China's developed some sort of peg here. But that has been a big part of it. The Chinese yuan has correlated very well with the price of silver and gold. I should say the Chinese yuan versus US dollar. There's also the stronger dollar to discuss as well. The DXY index or the Bloomberg index or whatever has been rising um, you know, just in the last uh, week or two, uh, but certainly thus far in 2018, it has been rising. That's been a big part of the downward pressure for silver and gold as well. Um, the, the final thing that I see happening right now is the um, well emerging markets. I think are play a big role in this as well. Uh, you know, when you look at the dollar index, you have the DXY, which is the, the really old and, and you know what, I've, I've been using it for a long time and I'm starting to realize as I do more and more research, it's outdated. Um, you also have the Bloomberg index, which how indexes work is they're, they're weighting the US dollar versus a basket of foreign currencies. The, the DXY hasn't changed in a very long time. I mean, it still has like the Swedish Krona or something like that on there. Um, the Bloomberg Index does change, I think, from year to year. But even so, you know, I think neither of them truly represent just how strong the dollar is. And that's not something you're going to hear often on this channel, talking about how strong the dollar is. I'm talking in relative terms. Is the dollar a stable currency? No, absolutely not. It's lost 97 plus percent of its value since the Fed was created in, in, in uh, 1913. Um, it, uh, lots of ongoing inflation. Uh, inflation certainly higher than what people think it is. Um, it's long-term, I think, going to crash and burn just like every other fiat currency. But when you compare it to other currencies around the world, it looks strong. I mean, you compare it to, to the yen, you know, the, the Bank of Japan with their ongoing uh, bond bond buying program from, from their central bank. Um, you have them buying stocks, et cetera, et cetera. That's what you call weak monetary policy. You have the, the European Union, um, in a in a similar plan, you know, maybe a little bit closer to to easing themselves off or weaning themselves off of quantitative easing. You know, a lot of other central banks around the world are just beginning to raise interest rates, whereas the Fed started at the end of 2015. They've been doing it at a snail's pace, but they have been raising it. And, you know, there's going to be some real repercussions of that. But for the time being, right, is relatively strong. But I don't think that the DXY index or the Bloomberg index truly show just how strong it is because they do not take into account just how weak emerging markets are right now. Now, the first one would be China. Now, people call China emerging market. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't like calling them that. I say that maybe they have some things in common with other emerging markets. 
uh, you know, South Africa, Turkey, Argentina, Indonesia, India. Sure, they have some things in common with them, but less and less I think they fall into that category. However, you know, the yuan has dropped a lot. The yuan is a big player on the world stage. Not as big as the dollar, the euro, the yen, sure, but it is a growing presence. It's dropped a ton. I don't see. I don't think you see that reflected in the DXY or these other indexes. Uh, I think the Chinese yuan is in the Bloomberg index, but it's a small part of the basket of the foreign currency basket. Um, but but it's not just China. A lot of other foreign currencies, uh, emerging market currencies, have dropped a ton, even in just the last week. But certainly since the beginning of 2018, you have the Turkish lira, which is in free fall for all intents and purposes. You know, right now it's, it's stabilized a bit, but who knows on a bit of news in the future, a, a bank default, who knows what will happen next. Um, it could be heading much, much lower. You have the South African Rand, which they've been dealing with their own economic issues, but they also have the political issues, talk of, of confiscating land from white people. What does that can do to their banking system, their currency, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like so many other markets, you know, the, the South Africa of all the emerging markets appears to be one of the weakest. You know, it's up there with, with of course, you know, Turkey. Um, you have, and, and Venezuela, I should add. Venezuela has been crashing, but that's been a story for a couple of years now. Um, Argentina and their Argentine peso, that's been dropping a ton. Uh, Colombia has been doing well. Mexico, you know, the list goes on and on. Brazil, Iran, um, you know, even some countries. And, you know, Asia, a lot of Southeast Asian and, and whatever emerging markets like uh, maybe India, Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, they've been doing better. They've been doing as poorly. But even they, their currency has, you know, been dropping as, as the lira has dropped in just the last week. And I don't think that's being reflected fully in the the dollar index i mean sure the brazilian real is is not a huge currency when you compare it to the dollar even the yuan but it's again it's just i don't think being fully reflected just how weak emerging market currencies are um, and i think you're seeing that in the silver and gold markets what's going on in emerging markets i think is causing what's happening in in silver and gold now two things there does that mean they're going to stay down forever and that the dollar is going to stay high forever? No, absolutely not. Um, I'll get to that here in a second here. But but also, does this mean that people are just not buying or just not worrying about silver and gold because of this worries overseas? No. You know, you go to a place like Turkey. I had a guy comment the other day, and he said, you know, hey, I'm in Turkey. What can the average person do to, to uh, I don't know what he said, but basically survive, right? What what can they do to protect themselves? And he said, you know, U.S. dollars were, were not a possibility, which you know, on a week-to-week basis, U.S. dollars would not be a bad move, I don't think, in Turkey, um, as much as I'm not a fan of that. But, but you know, I said, you know, gold and silver, you know, if you can get a, hand, uh, get a hold of gold and silver, do it, you know. Gold has been selling a ton in places like Iran, whose, you know, their currency has dropped a ton this year as well. Um, gold or silver would be a great buy if you can get your hands on it. Granted, you know, a, a government like Turkey is bound to confiscate that sooner or later. Um, but sure, you can try and hide it, maybe. Um you know, foreign currency is not a terrible move right now, but, but you know, anything you can buy that's tangible and non-perishable. I told him something as simple as salt. You know, go back, it goes back to that story I've told a few times on here about this woman that I, that I spoke to. She was, I don't know, high school or, or college age back at the, uh, during the fall of the Soviet Union. She lives in Kazakhstan. She lived in Kazakhstan at the time. Still has a very thick, um, I thought it was Eastern European or Russian, but I guess Kazakhstan, but, but, um, you know, she said, you know, during the collapse and, you know, the, the collapse of the ruble, people wanted tangible goods. That's the word she used, tangible. tangible. Uh, you know, sure, maybe you had to buy milk or eggs or whatever to feed your family, but but they're perishable, right? Um, people are buying things like salt, 
buying and hoarding salt because you know when, when supply lines are distributed or, or disrupted and then the whole currency is disrupted trades are disrupted salt's going to be hard to get into the to the country into the the economic centers and it it lasts for a long time it has a ton of uses tangible goods and you're going to see that and i think you already have seen that in a lot of these emerging markets a turn to safe haven assets and if they're smart about it they're not going to turn to us dollars stocks or bonds short term sure get out of your currency as fast as possible because it's collapsing by 10 20 percent on a daily basis you know you, you've seen some of these moves in the lira lately um but silver and gold i think that's where it's out or really anything tangible you can get your hands on but but certainly for those with the means uh, silver and gold i think are, are the best bet because you know getting back to the point i made earlier I don't think that the dollar is going to stay up forever and that silver and gold are going to stay down forever. And by the way, silver and gold are not down in a place like Turkey. You know, they've been up quite a bit as the lira has collapsed. Uh, they just happen to be down in, in you know, dollar terms or, or, you know, I'd guess probably euro terms as well. So um, the dollar is not going to stay high forever. Like I said, it's a function of monetary policy and just how poorly other economies are doing. That's going to change. I've said for a long time now that the Fed is going to reverse their monetary policy or at least slow down or alter it in an in a, in a easing direction or, or a weakening direction by the end of this year, whether that's a quantitative tightening or, or that was my guess is that's what I've been saying for a long time now that their quantitative tightening program was going to come to an end. I mean, in many ways, these emerging market crises are a, are a function. In some ways, they're, they're affected by this quantitative tightening and, and what's that done to, to U.S. dollar tightness abroad. Um, they're going to have to stop it sooner or later. And, and I think they it's very likely they will do it by the end of this year, especially if this emerging market business uh, continues. Um, right now, this is forcing a ton of money into to U.S. dollars, bonds, uh, equities, etc. But ultimately, I mean, the, the U.S. economy is is not on solid footing. It is not. And, and when it drops, when it falls... Um, you're going to see similar storylines as to what's going on in, in places like Turkey or Argentina right now, right? Central bank hikes interest rates by 500 basis points in a day to try and tame inflation or tame the, the fall in their currency. Um, sure, you'll see that in the eventual amount of, of hyperinflation we potentially will have. Um, you know, potentially, if they want to take that route, you know, raising rates like that would, would cause a lot of pain in the economy. But, But, you know, Things like like uh, capital controls or, or the central bank, or maybe even the opposite of that, um, or not the opposite of that, but but you know a uh, something that would be weakening the dollar. Things like like quantitative easing, massive bailout plans, helicopter money. You'll see all of that coming from the Fed, from the U.S. government. You'll see it happening. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of waiting. You know, just because all these current other other economies are doing poorly and the U.S. appears to be doing well right now, doesn't mean that's actually the case. And and you know the, the the spillover from these emerging markets, especially if that, you know that that one country that discussed discussed that I don't really consider it an emerging market, but many people do. China, you know, if China really goes heads into a decline, um, I mean that's a big part of why they've been easing monetary policy, easing financial conditions, which which have a, uh, you know, forced down their the yuan because their economy is is uh, teetering on the brink. You know, if you see China fall. Along with, and by the way, China would likely bring Australia down with it. You know, Canada's not doing well as uh, in addition to them. Um, and then you also have these other emerging markets like Turkey, which is already just a basket case. Um, Iran, 
uh, some other Middle Eastern nations you could throw in there as well. You have Venezuela that's already doing t- uh, terribly. Uh, Cuba, Mexico, um, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Bolivia, Colombia, you know, all of South America for the most part, you know, South Africa. When you throw all of that into the mix, I, I, I fail to see a scenario in which the U.S. somehow can, can um, do well economically solely on, on the prospects of being a safe haven. No. No, you can't have all these economies, especially China, but also, you know, Canada, Mexico, Australia. You can't have all of those economies fall and, and somehow the U.S. continues to do well. No, that, that's going to spread into the United States. The United States economy is not as dominant as it has been in the past, even in 2008. Um, economies like China's is, is much, much more important. So, so what this means is that you know, the dollar is heading down. It, just right now, it just happens to be heading up, and it could head up much, much further, right? Sure, the yuan could head lower. These emerging market currencies could head lower. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised you know, with that breach of, of $15 for, for silver that it heads below $15 again. Gold's under $1,200. It remains under $1,200 as I record this video. Um, sure, it could head much, much lower. I'm I'm still skeptical of those that say silver's heading to twelve dollars, ten dollars, or anything like that. Um, no, a big one dollar move from fifteen to fourteen dollars. I I I think that would be very unlikely for silver. Not ruling it out, and and I you know obviously I have to reassess this in the future. But but uh and, and gold maybe to eleven fifty, even eleven hundred I think would be very low for gold. Um, you know, it's it's a risky game to wait for them to drop by a full uh, additional 10, 20% or something like that. And I know there's people out there waiting exactly for that to happen. But, um, you know, I, I see this as a buying opportunity, right? What they're at right now, or if I'm buying them at $15, $14, heck, even $10, it's a risky bet to wait for $10. I'd rather buy at $15 personally. And uh, because because I know that long-term, the prospects are just so strong and and Almost more importantly, the prospects for fiat currency are, are extremely weak. We see that right now with some of these other fiat currencies, the lira, the rand, the, the real, the, the two real, you know, the Brazilian real, the, the Iranian real, the pesos, et cetera, et cetera. They're weak and, and the dollar is, is no different. It just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's doing a bit of, of magic or it's a bit of an illusion right now. Uh, being as high as it is, it deserves to be much, much lower. And it will be once the U.S. economy falls, stock market drops, and, and the Fed ultimately reverses their policy and you know continues with even more destruction of the U.S. dollar at a faster pace. It's still occurring right now, tons of inflation, but we'll, we'll get more, believe me. Um, and, and more importantly, an even larger inflation of our monetary supply. So uh, stay tuned for that. You know, a lot to look forward to. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. If you're looking to support this channel somehow, um, there's a link down below in the description to my Patreon page. You know, I've had, I've been having a ton of fun with my patrons as of late. I just have, I think, 12 of them right now. Not a ton. But but if you want to get added to that list, you know, there's a great a lot of great perks. First of all, you... You can have a ton of you know interactions with me over on the Patreon site. You get updates as to what I'm working on in the future. You get a ton of input into future material, um, especially at the five dollar level. And I say, hey, choose a topic, and I'll make a video on that each 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 month. Of course, you know I, I also listen to a lot of other people's feedback, and I oftentimes make videos on on their stuff as well. Um, you also have the opportunity to come on for a live stream. You know, each month I'm picking one Patreon supporter to come on for a live stream. Um, and, and that's a ton of fun as well. So 
Um, it's, it's as little as a dollar as a dollar a month. Sure, you can go higher, but you know, a dollar a month that's that's not even a cup of coffee. Maybe a cup of coffee at like like a gas station or something like that, right? Or, or a cup of coffee if you're buying the grounds, or like a Keurig cup or something like that. That's like maybe a candy bar, right? And even that, you know, candy bars are probably over a dollar a lot of times, like the the, the full size one, the king sized one, because of inflation and whatnot. Um, just a dollar a month. Um, it's a great way to support a channel that that you, I hope, get a lot of value from. You know, I'm I'm putting out these videos almost on a daily basis, sometimes more often than that. I'll be having a lot of, of guests here uh, in the future and a lot of just varying content. So so if you enjoy this, check out the page. You don't have to. You know, More than anything else, I'm happy to have you guys here just watching this video. But if you want to support me in some other way, Patreon is a great way. And I very much appreciate the support that I'm already receiving from, from all of my Patreon supporters. So thank you all, not just my Patreon supporters, but my viewers, subscribers, etc. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. And God bless.